0: the am nation pod your source for gaming sports anime news and so much more happy new years everybody welcome to 2024 this is the first episode of the year for us and it is a sports episode we got a lot to get into college football playoffs happened uh we've got the championship game this upcoming monday NFL Week 17 happened. A lot of things clinched. Uh, there probably won't be too much uh, uh, excitement for the NFL this weekend because it's basically a bunch of backups playing, but that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that and everything else. Uh, before we do, uh, joining me today, Petey Tahiti Argus. Pete, a fellow fantasy champion this year. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. We were just talking pre-show. Like, hey, we both had one... Heck of a new year's weekend. We finished out 2023 in a bang and starting out 2024, pretty hot. So, um, no, man, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, it's weird how it's already like, we're already going to talk about week 18 in the NFL feels like it's like, you know, flown by. Then obviously we're going to talk, you know, college football, um, you know, getting ready for the championship here on Monday. So it's, it's crazy that we're starting to be at the tail end of football. Um, And, yeah, it's finally starting to get a little bit cooler here in Cleveland. Um, But still, pretty tame winter uh, that we've had here so far. I think it's maybe snowed once, maybe twice. So it doesn't feel like normal January, like end of the year football weather. But it's starting to get there. It's starting to get there.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah, we just ended the year on a heater there. Uh, I don't know how we continue 2024 or any hotter at this point i don't know i'm not sure but no. it felt good that was a good way to end it um and then no. you know yeah we had some flurries on new year's eve just a little nothing crazy i think they like we had like a winter storm warning that like the night before and then like we woke up and it was like uh me and my brother and his uh girlfriend were going to the gym and we're like this is it this is, this is what the winter weather weather was this is nothing it's just you know a little bit of flurries nothing crazy um but Yeah, it's not entirely week 18 football weather just yet. Um, Before we jump into all the football talk, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at amnationpod. Hit the follow button on all those. Listen to the podcast on podcast services such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search Amalgamation Nation. Uh, Go ahead and like, subscribe, share, listen, all that good stuff. We appreciate it very, very much. Twitch.tv slash UndeadBlackBull is where you find David's stream. Give him a follow and a sub. As always, if you have Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch gaming sub a month, so give it to Undead Blackbull. And the other great way to help support the show at no extra cost to you is when you're out there playing the Fortnite on Epic Games or you're on your Xbox, your PlayStation, your PC, I don't care, your phone, you use that code AMNationPod in the store to help support the show at no extra cost to you. Um, I know a while back, uh, we had Elaine on and we were talking about the PWHL professional women's hockey league. And now that's that season, of that league has officially begun. You can find it on their YouTube page, the PWHL official on YouTube. And you can actually watch all the games. I think like the Boston and Minnesota team are playing right now. So that's actually pretty cool. I like that, that they're streaming on YouTube. Um, you check out Elaine on Twitter at I'm a rain dancer. She'll have a bunch of stuff on that as well. Pete, we had some fun college football playoff games on New Year's Day. It was very fun. Let's start with the first one, Alabama versus Michigan. I think many of us were sweating and worried that we were going to wind up with the Crimson Tide in the national championship, maybe winning a national championship in a game that just didn't really feel like or a year that just didn't feel like they should, right? It just it, it really didn't feel that way. It felt like they were missing some things. And I think the biggest thing from this Alabama team is a quarterback, truthfully. A, a dominant quarterback. Jalen Milrow has not mm. been that guy really all year. Um, he had little glimpses of it. and He looked really good in the, in the SEC title game against Georgia. Um, he looked good against Kentucky. And then he had that really good throw against Auburn, but the whole reason mm. that he had to make that throw versus Auburn is because of the, some of the mistakes he had during the game. Um, something that stood out to me here, Alabama made really great adjustments in the second half um when it came to getting milro to kind of just like start being the mobile quarterback that he is not relying on him so much to make big plays with his arm because he's just not going to do that um and their defense made really good adjustments and they really shut down the michigan offense for most of that second half until the end uh, yeah. when jj mccarthy and blake Corum and company were able to kind of st- get things going but what i don't understand and what's funny is if you actually were to sit there and go through a lot of uh alabama's tapes this year And their games, you would notice a reoccurring issue, which was snapping the ball to the quarterback is not good, um, not good at all. And for a program that has so much money that funnels into it, that has such great recruiting and great coaching, to for that to be what really was one of their main struggles all years, uh, kind of crazy. Um, but hats off again to Michigan, right? Who JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum, and company, like these guys on both sides of the ball, I think maybe maybe what helped them the most here, right? Even though it wasn't a really great big 10 season, obviously look at, I don't even know if the big 10 won a game besides Maryland and Michigan. I think that might be it. Uh, pretty, pretty gross. Um, but like besides those, t- you know, I mean, so it, the way it was going, you're kind of looking at this going, wow, maybe Michigan really did kind of have a easy path through this. Cause like these teams are bad. Like these Big 10 teams are not good. Um, but I think a lot of it is because there is so much, uh, veteran that presence that has been here, been in this program for like three to four years more. They got to go through the playoffs multiple times. They got to, you know, have the tough loss to Georgia, the, that loss last year, the TCU. Right. And that kind of all was what helped them get through this, uh, this season here and this game against, uh, Alabama. But your thoughts, Pete, on Michigan taking out Bama in OT.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, this turned out to be a classic, right? I mean, like, the end of the game was really good. I mean, total drama. I mean, perfect scene there at the Rose Bowl. I mean, the Rose Bowl, I mean, I I saw some people online, you know, saying that, like, the Rose Bowl – I think Kirk Herbstreit, like, maybe started the the initiative of, you know, saying basically the Rose Bowl should host every national championship, which, honestly – why not? I'm kind of for it. Um, it's a super historic venue. You think about college football, you think about the traditions, you think about all that. Um, it just seems right. So I'm all about it if, if they were willing to do that. Um, I think that'd be super cool. But um, no, I mean, Michigan played super well in this game. Um, you were thinking about it from like Michigan's perspective. Um, it was just, and it wasn't too much of a surprise, but it's just still weird to see... Like a Nick Saban led team lose the line of scrimmage, like Michigan was able to dominate for the most part. Um, They were able to move, like, you know, in terms of the run game, they were able to move some bodies there, do a really good job. Um, But this was a slugfest. Um, You mentioned it. I mean, you know, it it seemed like Alabama's offense was eh, really not great in the first half. Um, Michigan, I mean, the only reason Bama was even in that game, Michigan's special teams, was terrible, right. absolutely awful in that game. Um, they were so lucky. Uh, we were watching the game uh, at Molly's uh, um, family at, at her mom's house, and all of her, like, relatives were over, and um, her uncle um, was mentioning, you know, was just talking about, like, once the game went into overtime, it was like, well, this is an advantage to Michigan because special teams are basically out of it besides, you know, kicking the extra point. They don't have to worry about blocked punts. They don't have to worry about basically messing up returns like they did multiple times yeah. um, there in that game. So um, that's what made it a lot closer um, was Michigan's special teams and how bad that they played there. Um, but, I mean, this was a classic, and you've got to give your hats off to J.J. McCarthy. I mean, that was a legacy drive. 100% was yeah. a legacy drive um, for him to get that touchdown at the end of the, um, end of the game to tie that. Um, and I do give props, and there were some Ohio State fans that I was seeing online, Um I do got to give props to Jim Harbaugh with, I think it was maybe three minutes left, three and a half, where he had three timeouts and he went for that fourth and two. I think they, they were at like their own thirty something um, where they needed to get a touchdown and tie the game. Instead of punting it deep, um, they did go for it, made it, obviously tied it. They went into overtime. Um, but some Ohio State fans online um, I saw were saying, if this were Ryan Day, he would have punted um, <laughs> instead of trying to go for it there. So, I, yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, but I do got to give props to Michigan. I mean, like they've been through it this year. I mean, you talk about adversity, you talked about, um, you know, challenges that these kids have had the entire year, um, and being number one the entire time and, um, going up against big bad Bama. I mean, you mentioned it, they beat Georgia. They definitely outplayed Georgia here last month. Um, and Michigan was able to, you know, overcome that. So, Um, sets up for obviously a Big Ten championship game um, here for, you know, Big Ten, you know, um, juggernauts in Michigan and Washington. I know we'll, you know, talk about the Washington game later. But, hey, Big Ten. Big Ten should claim this either way. So, you know, props to the Big Ten. But, no, in all seriousness, uh, this was a great game. Um, Two heavyweights, um, two big monster programs in Michigan and Bama. But, yeah, this was an all-time classic. For sure.
0: Now, what's super uh, interesting here is going into this final game, right, when it comes to our college football pick'em, David and myself are tied at 21. You are at 20. And BK's at 17. So depending on what happens here on what des- decision we all decide to go, could be a little weird here at the end. Um Get into the. uh I also I love that you brought the special teams because I did not, and that's true. That was like the worst thing I was watching. It was yes. just good. That was pretty bad. That was pretty it was pretty bad. awful, dude. It was pretty pretty awful. I was like, that is gross. Uh, but they were able to overcome that, and I know a lot of people were talking about like the players and like how much they had to like overcome this year, and it's like everyone's like, well, they cheated. No, the coaching staff cheated. Not the players, so it's the players still had to overcome all those issues going on off the field, uh, as well. So, Michigan had a really great game there against Bama, and again, I think America wins when Bama doesn't, so we're all right, we're all right. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. As soon as the game ended, I think that was one of my first comments America wins,
0: yeah, yeah, feels good. Um, moving along to the next big 10 winner, uh, Washington holds off a late rally there by Texas, uh, late in the game. I would have loved to say that Pete and I were both able to watch that live, but we were not. That game was late. I think I got to maybe midway through the third or so, and I definitely fell asleep.
1: Props. Yeah. I mean, props to you. I think I made it to, I think it was close to halftime, but yeah, that was rough. Also, I mean, like, we talked about this pre-show. Like, what the hell? Like, why are we making these games so late? Like, make zero sense. Also, if you are going to make these, the game times, do it on Saturday. I know if there were NFL games on Saturday, I don't care. Oops, someone, the NFL could easily have had what they did for Christmas. They could have had two or three games on New Year's Day.
0: Yeah. Let them
1: have that. I don't care. Like, put it on Saturday or something, but, like, yeah, to have a nine o'clock basically start Eastern time. Like, and we missed a – well, I missed a classic. Abs I mean, we both missed a classic. Yeah. I mean, this was a great game, two great quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, Quinn you were so uh, got banged up early. There was a little you saw Arch Manning uh getting ready on the sidelines. I was like, oh shit. Uh and then Quinn was able to come back in. Michael Phoenix Phoenix Jr. though, or Penix Jr. just man, unbelievable one of the best throwers of the football, honestly, the best thrower of the football in college football this season, the best, right? What he was able to do, the way it looks when he throws, his mechanics, the way the ball comes out of his, from his release, like everything about Michael Penix Jr. this year, unbelievable. Um, I know he's 24 years old. He's got the two knee surgeries that he's had uh, when he was at Indiana. Um, These last two years in Washington, in this system, he's actually stayed pretty healthy. I think he was a bit banged up later this past season. He was banged up a little bit late, but like nothing crazy. Um, But it's so crazy to me that when they're talking about the quarterbacks going in this draft, you know, it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then obviously Jane Daniels because of the Heisman season that he had. And it's like Michael Penix gets kind of like late, like left to the side. And it's like, you know, I know he's older and he's got the two injuries, but he's basically like NFL ready, like right off the gate. Uh, You get him in a good system. Like he's good. He's such a good throw. He just oh, my God, the 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 look of the ball when it leaves his hand is just so beautiful. And we saw that a lot in this game against Texas and um, just or, you know Washington's offense all year long has been so dominant. Um, they played against the Pac-12, which you could arguably say was one, It was probably the best conference in football, college football this season. Um, two big wins against Oregon, everything else, and uh, he he just had such a great season. And Washington himself, like, Washington is going to be a, a problem for Michigan. They are going to be a problem. Uh, these receivers are electric. You have Rome, who's a first uh, rounder, no doubt. Uh, Polk. Uh, and McMillan guys that are going to go later in the draft, but still NFL talent, wide receivers. Uh, they just, they're so good. They're so, so good, man. Um, and this is, this is awesome. Like you said, uh, against Texas, it, it was a great game. Uh, Texas played, played their ass off. I think this is the game most people are really excited for to begin with, um, because of the potential. And yeah, I mean, honestly, new year's day two classic college football playoff games going into our final year. Uh, with four teams making it, it was pretty, pretty special. For sure.
1: For sure. And like, um, I don't want to like deviate from this game too much, but like these were the four best teams. They were probably, you know, playing. I mean, these were classic games, but it's funny how like we talk about the playoff. We talk about, all right, four teams, 12 teams, whatever it is. Like we talk about the playoff. BCS would have had it right. I mean, let's just be honest. The computers nailed it. It would have been Michigan against Washington and yeah. <laughs> it would have been perfect. Um, so they kind of nailed it. Um, yes, we would have missed out on two classic games, but yeah. Uh, but no, this is setting up a really good national championship game. Um, very excited for this game here on Monday. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I mean, Michigan's p- probably got the better defense. I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that. And Washington's got the better offense. So um be interesting to see if they're able to get um, some pressure here on, on, on Penix. Like, are they able to... You know get a pass rush um what are the what are the defensive backs gonna be able to do against washington's weapons and yeah this is a washington team that's been um basically counted out almost every game that they've had i mean think about it we go back to the pac-12 championship game here a few weeks ago um against oregon who they already beat earlier in the year they were you know what was it eight or nine point underdog like it was insane um to think about that now. I mean, I think at the time, I think we were all going quack. And we were thinking probably the Ducks were going to win that game. Yeah. But, like, even, you know, we doubted them. And, like, they're still in the national championship game. And I know collectively when we did our picks, both you and I had Texas. So we've been down on the entire time. So any Washington fans that are listening to the pod right now, you're hoping we're picking Michigan. That's what you're hoping for. You don't want us to be on that bandwagon because you guys have been – Killing it without us, you know, backing you up here. So, um, but no, the national championship, I think, should be fantastic. Very excited for it, um, and yeah, it it should be a good one. Should be a good one.
0: Yeah, shout out to BK getting Michigan and te- uh, Washington right uh, on that one. Yeah. David, David, yourself, and you picked Texas. Um, also, like trying to go through the process of why I picked Florida State when I did. I don't really know why. You know what I mean? I have no idea. I don't know if I think (laughs) in my head I thought maybe Georgia's players are all going to sit, not Florida State's. I don't know. I I don't know what's going through my head there, but that was a bad one. Um, Really, you know, again, uh, you know, that was pretty bad. Um, I'm so interested, and this is something that uh, we'll talk about a little bit, is is that this bowl season kind of sucked because so many players did skip out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think, and it's something that maybe... Uh, we didn't really address when we talked about the expansion is that I think the expansion kind of kills that a little bit because of the expansion like more players are going to have to stay in and have to play um through these bowl games which will be cool because that's what you want you know I mean I'm watching LSU and I don't even get Jaden Daniels out there right I mean you know I I want the best we want the best that's why bowl seasons used to be so special um I do think that's part of the problem. I think the, the transfer portal, too, stupid. Why are you allowing guys to transfer? until bowl, You got to wait till bull season's done. I think my uncle made a great point, too, and he's like, well, really? It started with the coaches. Remember coaches just leave? They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They just dip, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. You know, that's a problem, too. Like, nothing should be moving until we get through bowl season. Like, it's just so weird that we have this whole year, and then we get to what's supposed to be the most special time of college football. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's fine but Michigan opens up as four and a half point favorites, Pete.
1: Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, all right, we got, we got to have this discussion. Um, So Michigan wins the title is Harbaugh gone. Yes. Where does he go? Well, I guess, well, we can figure that out next week. We don't, we don't have to talk about where he goes next week. We can, we can wait for that. We can wait for that one. We can wait for that one. There's probably yeah, we could talk about that later. But I also Yeah, I don't I don't he doesn't hire basically kind of like I guess he hire like this agent that like really looks for NFL jobs, does his, you know, his legwork um on the back end uh, for anything, you know, NFL related. He doesn't do that unless he's really thinking about the pros. Um and yeah, I think he is still pissed off that his brother does have Super Bowl and he doesn't. I think Based on Harbaugh and his persona, that's got to be eaten at him. So, he probably wants to get a national championship at Michigan, uh, be able to have that at least over his brother, and then get a Super Bowl and be
0: like, hey, I'm the big brother. Yeah, I'm a big brother. Not you, John. Yep. Um, interesting. Not I don't you, know. John. I, I do think... Yeah, I do think the NFL is, is is it's calling him. I think there's other reasons too. I think uh, as you know, as we've mentioned with the allegations and the investigations and everything going on with Harbaugh and the Michigan program, it just feels like he would just dip. It just feels like that would be the time for him to be like, "All right, I did it." Um, it's gonna be really wild if they do win, and then they for some reason they lay sanctions on Michigan and Michigan loses that title off their record. Uh, that would be wild. I would be just I, <clears throat> at that point, I would have been like, "Why'd you even let him in?" Why do we yeah, even do this? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like that just seems stupid. Now, if you're gonna like lay sanctions yeah. on, them, but they keep the title, that's fine. But like, don't, don't put them in if that was the plan. You know what I mean? Because it's just wasting time. Now, again, this all could not matter. Washington come out and beat Michigan yeah. on Monday, uh, and we're not even worried about it. And we're just gonna mm-hmm. talk about what is Harbaugh's legacy at Michigan without a national title, right? So, let's we'll see. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's uh. Let's get to the NFL, Pete. When we got off the air last week with BK, we talked about how we did not do our Thursday Night Football AM Nation pod parlay. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of realized it too late. I'm like, I didn't really want to jump back because we didn't have anything ready. So, you know, BK is like, do it now. Just do it right now. You guys pick it right now. You guys could post it. And I was like, okay, cool. So last week... If you didn't see the tweet, we did tweet it out last week. Uh, We had Najoku over four and a half receptions. Najoku, 40 plus yards receiving. Brees Hall over 31 and a half yards receiving. And anytime Cleveland defense touchdown. And anytime Kareem Hunt touchdown. Joe Flacco over one and a half touchdowns. And Trevor Simeon over half a touchdown. For plus 22, 46, 446 were the odds. And by God, we did it, Everybody. The AM Nation pod Thursday Night Football Parlay hits on the last Thursday Night Football game of the year. I think that means like that was like two hits for us, but that was obviously the biggest one. Um, awesome. This was awesome. Fucking cool, man. Um, going He's in so now cool. to discuss that game, shout out to the Browns and Jess for trying to get this bet done with us in like the first couple of drives.
1: I mean, that was just phenomenal by that Way to go. I mean, <laughs> what's insane is like the Joku one basically hit on the first drive. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't even score a touchdown yet, and the Njoku one basically hits, which is absolutely wild. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I told you pre-show, like, I knew that if the Browns won this game, they did clinch a playoff uh, berth. So I was like, I was off on Friday, last Friday. So I was like, you know what? We should go to, like, a sports bar, like, local here. It's going to be really exciting. Um, you know, the if the Browns can actually clinch. Cause like last time they clinched was in 2020 when you couldn't really like do anything. It was still a weird time. So it was, you know, not many people go to games. It was just, it was just a strange time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, all right, this is going to be a big thing. Like we should be, you know, out for this. So yeah, it was funny. Cause you know, I was with, you know, Molly's family and you know, we're just talking about this. I was like, my bet's kind of looking good here. And then I didn't want to say it. Didn't want to jinx it. So, as it was going through, it was like, oh, oh, it's looking good. And then all of a sudden, that second part of the drive, or that second drive with Trevor Simeon, and then, of course, Trevor Simeon throws a touchdown pass. Not only does he throw one, he throws it to Brees Hall, and Brees Hall gets 20-something yards. We're like, yes, this is what we need. This is what we need. But, uh, no, Joe Flacco looked absolutely phenomenal in this game. Um, Jets defense, they might be already thinking about Cabo. Cabo. They might be already thinking about, um, you know, the offseason plans. Um, They've obviously been eliminated. So they're thinking about other things uh, here right now. Uh, So not really the greatest um, Jets defensive performance there on Thursday night. But all props to the the Browns. I mean, for them to be able to be in the playoffs, four different starting quarterbacks um, this upcoming week, you know, when they play um, up against Cincinnati, they're going to be starting. Um, a fifth quarterback in Jeff Driscoll, which is absolutely wild. Um, Five different starting quarterbacks. Um, For them to even do that is absolutely stupid. And then for them to even be in the playoffs, I mean, shout out to Kevin Stavansky, done a phenomenal job there with that. Um, So much needed quote unquote, bye week um, that the Browns do have here this week while they, you know, rest up and and see where they're going to travel here for the AFC South champion, whatever that looks like. But um, no, I, I mean, it was just, it was just great to see. I mean, like Flacco is just, he's, he's in his zone. And also, this is a really good And I saw this online, um, for why Flacco has done really well. Kevin Stefanski comes from the coaching trait of Gary Kubiak. Kubiak was the offense coordinator in Baltimore when Flacco had his best years and when they went to the Super Bowl. Like, though, that was his offensive coordinator. So he thrives in this offense. I think that's why you're seeing Flacco do as well as he has because he knows the, the terminology, he knows the offense, um, and obviously Kevin Stefanski is doing a great job of playing to Joe Flacco's strengths. So um, if this team can get any sort of running game, um, which is obviously a shame with Nick Chubb, um, but if they can get any sort of running game either from Jerome Ford Um, If Kareem Hunt can be fine, if, if, um, you know, they can figure out with Pierre Strong, they can get anything. Like, that defense is so good that Mm -hmm. they can make some noise, especially in the AFC, where like, you know, you've got your, you know, teams that you think are like the head honchos that are looking pretty vulnerable right now. Um, I don't know, maybe the Browns are in for a magical run. This This is when usually those magical runs do happen, though, is... When there's not much pressure, you just kind of, you know, go in there and the Browns are supposed to be there and you get to play loose and, you know, see what happens. But congrats to the Browns, making the playoffs. Phenomenal season, uh, beating basically all the odds.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's two teams in the AFC you don't want to play right now, obviously besides the Baltimore Ravens, um, and that is the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills, which we're going to get the Bills in a little bit. Saturday night, we had a game. D- Dallas, uh, Detroit at Dallas. It was really good. Uh, Dallas' defense did a pretty good job containing the Lions for the most part. Um, the Lions did de- good defense containing the Cowboys because the Cowboys at home this season were averaging like over 40 points a game. And they only got 20 in this one, so D- Detroit's defense did their thing. Then, they go for two. They get it, but then... One of the play offensive linemen didn't check in as eligible, but now we're seeing all the video afterwards showing that he definitely walks up to the the ref to tell him that he's eligible. Uh, Dan Campbell gives the ref the heads up even earlier in the like before the game and stuff like that. Like, hey, this is probably going to happen, and it just feels real shitty. But in the grand scheme of things, we are shaken up to possibly get. Matt Stafford traveling to Detroit in the first round of playoffs now because of this. So script writers, they're out there. Uh, but yeah, this is, that sucked, man. That sucked. Detroit, what a play at the end there. It looked like they had it. And then I don't understand why he just kept trying. Like, why no. not just go and go and let's see if we can get to overtime. Uh, C.D. Lamb, though. Unbelievable.
1: So good. So good. I mean... It sucks because like that's what we're talking about from this game mm-hmm. is obviously you know the penalty here at the end. Also, I mean this reffing crew is is sucked the entire year. This officiating crew, I mean, they've done mm-hmm. terrible um, most of the year anyway. Um, like there was a lot of missed calls in that Green Bay Kansas City game um, and also this game as well because I mean even I mean Dallas had a gripe too with the series prior when they called the tripping call I think on. I think it was on the Cowboys or something like that. You could definitely tell that – I think it was Hutchinson from the Lions. It definitely was the one that tripped. Um, and that would have given Dallas a first down, and then the game would have been over. Um, so a lot of things that are coming from that too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was bad. And it. I felt so bad for, like, Detroit because it's like you had an excellent play call. I mean, Dan Campbell, like talked about it pre pregame. I guess he talked to another – official and it wasn't the main referee. Um, and obviously was not communicated to the main referee about this, whatever it was. Um, I don't know if I'm coming out of that game, if I'm Detroit. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice to probably be in line for maybe the two seed. Um, you know, that would have been nice, but from their perspective, like they should feel good about this, that if they do have to travel to Dallas, they can easily do it. Um, and they can still play well. Um, You know, from from that perspective. I guess if you look at the first three quarters, um, Jared Goff did not look very good. Um, I would say in the fourth quarter he played a lot better. Um, But the thing you can hang your hat on is, you did mention this before, like when you're talking about Detroit's defense, they did play a lot better. Um, Detroit's defense did play a lot better, which has been their probably Achilles heel um, so far this season. So um, they did play a lot better, uh, but... Wow, what a weird game! And also, yeah, CD Lamb, like, wow. I mean, he probably won people their championship, you know, before going into Sunday. Probably set yourselves up for, yeah, very good, uh, very good Sunday here. Um, but yeah, CD Lamb, he's absolutely ridiculous, and um, these are two really good teams. They are. They're two really good teams. Um, you know, very strange NFC.
0: Yeah, it is a weird NFC. Uh, keeping with the NFC, the Bears route the, the Falcons uh, 37-17, last home game of the year for the Bears before they travel to Lambeau this weekend. Um, Fields look good. Fields look good from the jump. He looked really, really good, and it is going to make whatever the Bears front office wants to do very difficult um, because, you know, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing here, um, one, Matt Eberflus, to me, has saved his job. Just... Yeah. really reiterate reiterate that that unless for some reason the bears spin this in a way where even becomes a defensive coordinator and they do bring in jim harbaugh as their head coach <laughs> listen i don't think that happens i think that's just too much wishful thinking but other than that i mean i really think even no. will probably still be the guy it's going to be about you know finding the right person to call his offense because i just don't think it is getsy at this point um but justin looked really good Uh, The running game looked really good. D.J. Moore uh, continues to have a great year. He did not make the Pro Bowl. We did see that. He did not make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Career numbers across the board for D.J. Moore this year, though. So that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, Since Justin Fields has come back from his injury, the Bears offense is number 10 in the league. Yeah, that's right. That is a top 10 offense the Bears have since Fields came back from his injury that's crazy uh the defense has been a top 10 defense for a long time now this uh since the halfway mark really um as well so the bears have played really good this is a lot different than what we saw in the beginning of the year from the chicago bears um big big improvements across the board i think and i can't wait to have this discussion until something happens uh, whether it be a fields trade or the pick is traded but it seems to me from all the interviews and everything that like DJ Moore and the rest of that locker room are like really gung-ho on this being Justin's team. And I don't know how you as a general manager for a franchise that has struggled to find a guy who has have struggled to find success uh besides the in the last few years and really the whole decade uh for the most part have, have struggled to find really legitimate success can do that can like decide this to change the the guy right now um i just don't think that is the right move um i think you know if you're the bears you from what you've seen from justin you have to like it yeah i like what you see um he's really starting to make some really good throws some good anticipation reads as well um which is good i mean that's one of the biggest things he struggled with um there's some athletic plays he makes when he escapes tackles that's just nuts that like I don't know if anybody else can do that, um, just because of the Justin's athletic athletic ability and his strength and his size, um, it's really really impressive and, um, it's going to be super interesting here. Uh, I love that the Bears these last few weeks have really made me care about football more again, Bears football again, which is really really cool. It's honestly a great feeling. Like I get to go into this game again Sunday, and I truly do want to beat the Green Bay Packers right with a passion. Like I just I feel it, I want it. Um, and I really do like Justin and I really hope the Bears stick with Justin. They move this pick, they get more from it and they do other things. Um, whether that is the dropping down a spot or two and then grabbing Marvin Harrison, whether that's dropping further back because you get more out of the trade. I don't know, but I really hope they stick with Justin and continue to build around him. Um, cause that will be, that's really continuity is kind of super important, uh, when it comes to building a team, right? And I do think that might be part of the reason, like, I know I, I'm also on the board of getting rid of Luke Gutsy, but it's like at the same time, are we going to flip through like his fourth coordinator in four years? Yeah. I, I don't know if you could do that. I don't know if you, if you're able to do that, if you should do that. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure how I feel about that, but yeah, otherwise great win by the bears, dude. They didn't blow a fourth quarter lead. They held on, they held strong and that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, they played great. I mean, the last like eight weeks or so, I mean the Bears have played great. Um, since Fields has has come back, he's played super well here. So, um, yeah, they got a big decision to make here. Um, and not to like go against your point about like DJ Moore, all these other guys like speaking out like for Justin Fields, mm-hmm. um, because generally, like genuinely, they mm-hmm. might feel that way. But also like I mean they gotta say that right. I mean they can't say Ah oh, Justin sucks. They, yeah, he's probably been gone. We're going to draft quarterback number one. So, but they probably do. I mean, it does seem genuine um, for what they do have. So, yes, they got a very hard decision to make because, like, you don't want to lose the locker room, but then you also have to make the decision that's best for the organization, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if, because, I mean, we mentioned this, like, they didn't draft, this front office did not draft draft Justin Fields. Like, they didn't. And it was the previous regime. So, like, they got no ties to the guy. Um, he's definitely shown improvement, in, which is exactly what you want to see out of your quarterback. It's just the Bears have to decide at this part of their, like, you know, rebuild, like, where they've really started to stockpile some young talent, do they think that Justin Fields can be the guy to win them the Super Bowl? And that's that's the, that's the question they have to ask themselves. Right. And if they feel confident in that, then yes. Then you trade around – um, you trade that pick and you add some assets uh that you can to Justin Fields and and see what you can do there. Um if you don't, you draft a quarterback and that's what you do, and then you get some assets out of the Justin Fields trade. That's what you look at if if you're the Bears. Um So I mean, if you were me, um at this point, God, it's just it's it's tough, right? Because it's like you look at these quarterbacks and they are unknown. They are unknown. You you know what you have with Justin Fields right now, and the whole money thing. Like whenever anyone makes an argument, it's like it's stupid. Well, you got him on a rookie contract or whatever. Stupid.
0: It's because it's not going to matter because if you take Caleb Williams or whomever with that number one pick, their yeah. salary is already high up. So like you're still going to pay that. But like the the rookie contract deal in that sense, unless you're getting a guy in like the later in the draft that you're going to run with, like a Brock Purdy who's making like 850 mm-hmm. grand a year, like it's not really that big of a it's not as is uh influential or as, as like, uh, po- like uh, such a big factor that people i think make it out to be
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. and like and i don't like wish this don't think this but mm-hmm. like think of how many years kirk cousins played on a franchise deck yeah jack prescott did the same thing yeah like well initially before Dak got his long-term deal but like Say if the Bears, like, don't draft a quarterback and they pick up Justin Fields' fifth year. You know, they pick up that option. Right. Okay? Then you just ride it out for two years. If if he's not good, he's not good. There's going to be some free agent quarterbacks because by that point, what's going to happen is this. All that young talent that they drafted here the last couple years is going to be a lot better. And then you can make a decision and get, like, a veteran quarterback. Like, not saying that they're going to go after Kirk Cousins, but, like, that's someone that you, like, could become available. Like, there might be some veteran quarterbacks that might be out there that you could possibly maybe go after if you have a roster that's ready. So, they got a lot of decisions they got to make. Man, Carolina blessed them with the first overall pick again. What Um, a trade. makes What a trade that will look to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, it shows for how bad Carolina's front office is. Um, But – I mean, it just makes it harder for the Bears, though, at the same time, which is a good – I mean, it's a good problem to have. 100% it's a good problem to have. It's just like they got to make their decision on what they want to do. And also, I mean, I think we talked about this in the podcast, too. Haven't the Bears already showed their cards because they could have traded Justin last year and drafted a quarterback and decided to not do that? So haven't they already shown what they're going to do? So I don't – I mean, of course, there was different quarterbacks uh, that you do have – and like for the whole rookie contract thing, you know, going back to that point, like it's an absolute joke. What if the kid sucks?
0: That's like what it, I'm it saying.
1: Doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. Like how look much at Zach less expensive it is. If he sucks, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's that's the decision I, they got to make. But you know, and then um, we get
0: the whole we get the whole thing about generational talent. Caleb Williams, generational talent. How do we know that? How do you know, yeah, you right? No idea. Like, I got told the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. And let me be honest with you, a few years into that, I'm not seeing generational talent at this point. That's no. not to say that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to take an ascension that I have no idea. Yeah. He might. There's some flashes of him where I'm like, that's awesome. But like, yeah, I can't. You can't come out and tell me like, okay, oh, Williams is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, or Oh, he's going to be great. Like Andrew Luck or blah, 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 blah. Like you don't, you don't know you don't that. Know. You don't. So the Bears have to weigh a lot of things. I think if you do draft a quarterback, you are basically what you do have to then brace yourself as a Bears fan is whoever that quarterback be does not matter. You are going to take a step back again before what you believe is a big mm-hmm. leap forward, right? Where if you stick with Justin and you get the right people you keep building these really good pieces around him. You're a, you're hoping then that you're, you're ready to take that step and to become a, a playoff contending team, a playoff team, um and we'll see. We'll see, but the Bears yeah. like you said, they've played really good since he came back. They played really good. Yeah. Um yeah. we had Arizona saying, "Hey, fuck our draft position and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles." My god, dude, the Eagles are just like you want to talk about a team that I just I could I don't even want to put no money near on them for the playoffs, man. None.
1: No. No, none. And it's it's crazy because we were looking at the NFC, right? And then we were like, saying San Francisco and Philly. And then it's like a bunch of like, we're going to figure it out teams. And you talk about a drop off that Philly's had. And honestly, from the Cardinals perspective, hand up. I could not be more wrong um, about the Arizona Cardinals. Tyler Murray, I think is going to be their quarterback moving forward. I think Jonathan Gannon said it, like I think this week he is going to be their quarterback moving forward. Um that's good news for me from a fantasy perspective cuz probably be my keeper now at this point. Um so that's what I'm thinking about. Um but um no, from the perspective that's no, obviously I'm going to obviously think about that a lot more. Um but like from their perspective, I was thinking that you know, they were going to try to tank, try to get that first overall pick, trade Kyler, be a complete rebuild, but I mean they played tough For Jonathan Gannon, um, and it makes you think, especially with how good Indy's uh, been playing with Minshew, you know, Shane Sankin was the offensive coordinator there with Philly. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator there with Philly. Wow, are those some big losses? And I think think that needs to be talked about a lot more when we look at these teams and we see what they do the next year um, and they might have any sort of regression. Um, You know, say what you want about, like, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, like as an offensive coordinator, when he went to Denver, um, but the Packers' offense regressed last year. It did, and it did probably a lot to do with like Rogers' you know thumb injury, a lot of young guys and whatnot. But Hackett was a huge part as that offensive coordinator there. Like when you lose like some of your like staff like this, and we'll talk about another team later. When we talk about the Chiefs. Like when you lose enemy, that's a huge part of your game plan and of a guy in the sideline. Um, so that is a big part of that when you lose your offense coordinator. I mean, think of—I mean, the Lions might still be good, but think of where the Lions would be if they didn't have Ben Johnson. Like they that, that might be a completely different offense right now. Um, not to say that like you know Dan Campbell can't figure it out or whatever, but like that's a big guy in the room. Um, And and Philly, yes, Philly has not played well. They have not looked great. Um, It seems like their offense is very vanilla, um, and there's not much to it right now. And also, like, they're not winning the line of scrimmage like they did last year. And they were bullying people last year. And they could be vanilla then because it's smash mouth. Like, we can do what we want. We're going to win the line of scrimmage. We don't have to be, you know, that, you know, um, eccentric with our offense. Like we don't have to make it, you know, very complicated, get all these motions, do all this. They don't have to worry about that this year. It's just not as good. It's not as good in like, it's kind of like the sophomore slump for Jalen hurts in terms of like last year was his breaking out year. You pay him all this money. This is the year to perform. Doesn't look great. So, um, you talk about a team that's struggling to get into the that's as you know coming towards the playoffs here and I mean hell what they're the 5 seed right now they're yeah. not even going to host a wild card game right now i mean it might be Dallas who's playing Washington this weekend like this is crazy to me that Dallas even has a chance for as drastically bad they are on the road to be a 2 seed to have like guaranteed two home playoff games that is wild to me
0: yeah Absolutely. Um, that, mm, the Eagles just, they have been real, real bad these last uh, last month and a half or so. Uh, the Jags shut out the Panthers. Well, Brad, that's as you mentioned with the first pick. The Bears locked up the first pick with that loss. Um, the Jags now keep themselves in possession of the AFC South, but it will come down here to this final week as well. Rams hang on against the Giants, Matthew Stafford, and the Rams. They look like they're going to clinch themselves a NFC uh, wild card playoff spot. Nice. Uh, the Colts hang on against the Raiders. They did edge out the Raiders. Um, I did see uh, earlier, or it might have been earlier today, Devontae Adams in his press conference uh, vote uh, v- uh, vouched for Antonio Pierce as the head coach moving forward for the Raiders. So I think that's a big big thing there that's a big leader in that locker room right a big voice at least in that locker room to say mm-hmm. like, no that's our guy um hopefully the raiders do decide to do that because the last time they had a interim head coach that did pretty good they still decided to hire josh mcdaniels so
1: yeah you would think you think mark davis would like use his brain for maybe like one of the you know first times in a long time like yeah. it'd just be like why don't we just sign this guy right like the team's playing hard for him they have nothing to play for right now um And they almost beat the Colts. And they've played really well the last few weeks and obviously had a huge upset win over the Chiefs on Christmas. So you would hope Antonio Pierce is the next head coach for the Las Vegas
0: Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We had a showdown between the two-seed Miami Dolphins and the one-seed Baltimore Ravens. And boy, I think one team showed up and the other did not. The Ravens slaughter. The Miami Dolphins, 56-19 in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson has five touchdowns through the air uh, on 320, over 321 uh, yards passing. That basically did that. That ended that MVP discussion. It finally feels like it's done. It will be Lamar Jackson. It feels like uh, the MVP this season. And this Ravens team, man, my God, they're good. They're They're real good. Um, I know they're probably going to sit most of their stars this week against Pittsburgh, which is going to be interesting because uh, Pittsburgh is going to be looking to try and fight their way into the playoff spot in the AFC as well. But this Ravens team, man, and this Dolphins team now has set themselves up in a position where here we go. The five and five Bills have rallied all the way back, Pete. We might get the Bills to get in over the Dolphins. This is weird. It is
1: weird. Um, I kind of feel like this is a lot like Bama, right, when I was talking about that. Before, like, hey, don't let them get hot. Don't, don't, let, Buffalo don't get hot. let Buffalo get hot. Uh oh. Um, but yeah, setting up the AFC East showdown um, here on Sunday night. So yeah, we could have predicted that um, happening uh, there for Sunday night. So that should be a super good game um, here this upcoming week. Um, but I mean, the Ravens absolutely demolished. Um, absolutely demolished. BK has got to be trying to keep his composure right now because uh, this team looks real good. They look real good right now. Um, I think the only thing he's got to be worried about is I did see OBJ say that he was going to have a yacht Don't uh, do that. again there in Florida, like to celebrate over the week. Like when they have that off for their bye week um, going into the playoffs, that has absolutely destroyed the New York Football Giants franchise ever since they did that. So they're like if I'm BK, you make sure none of those Raven players get on there including OBJ. And also OBJ did say this. And I don't know if you saw after they won here on Sunday, he did say this is the most talented team he's ever been on and he's been on a team that won a Super Bowl there with the Rams a couple of years ago. So that's what OBJ said. So I mean, it's he—he he might be right. We'll see. We're gonna have a month to figure out if he is correct. Um, but God, this Ravens team—they look good. They—they they look good right now. They look real good, especially having all the teams come to Baltimore. Um, even though last time that happened, Baltimore lost in their first divisional round game, which I know BK probably doesn't want me to bring up, but. That has happened before, so I don't know. It's a different team, though. Different team.
0: Yeah, BK texted me uh, over the weekend when Roquan got a pick and said, "Honorary Bears fan, BK here. Just wanted to tell you, if I haven't lately, that I thank you for trading Roquan to the uh, to the Ravens." So, yeah, all right, dude. Yeah, it's cool. Um, uh, could could say that T.J. Edwards has had a better year than Roquan. You uh, could statistically. Uh, so. Wow. Hey. Who's to say? Who's to say? But I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, Roquan just didn't fit their system. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, BK. I hope he gay, yeah, go 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 do it, dude. I'm I'm rooting for it. That's cool. Um, all right. Moving on here from the how good the ravens are. We will talk about the Bills. The Bills hang on against the Patriots to get this all showed down for Sunday night football. Man. It's weird that everything came out about Sean McDermott like using Al Qaeda as motivation, and all of a sudden the Bills are red hot, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a little weird. It's a little weird right now, and it's also weird from the possibilities of like they win, they're a two seed; they lose, they could be out. Like yeah. that's just—I mean—the way that some of that set up is crazy. Um, and also, like from Miami's perspective, Miami losing. Um, but then losing, obviously, last week's, you know, opens the door for the division. But also, if they lose to the Bills, they got to travel to Kansas City. Which, wow, what a first-round matchup. I mean, like, we could have we could have a real treat, Wild Card Weekend. We yeah. could have storyline after storyline, the way it's set up. Um, we could have some really, really awesome matchups, um, which... I mean, it's really no surprise because the NFL has been absolutely insane this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this should be a really good game. Um, Miami-Buffalo, very worried, and we probably should have talked about this for the Miami-Baltimore game. Why was Bradley Chubb in the game? They were down, like, 30, and he's in the game, and he tore his ACL, right? Yeah, like, he tore it right at the end. Yeah. yeah. Like, Why? Like, just, like, the only reason he should be in there is if, like, there's a certain, like, snap percentage that he's got to make, you know, when it comes to maybe some extra money. Um, That's got to be it, because no reason he should be in that game. And for them to already lose Phillips, and now to lose Bradley Chubb, this is going to be the game when you're going to need both of those guys. And they're not going to have either of them um, against Josh Allen. So, um going to be a very tall order uh to beat Josh Allen here on Sunday night, but Hey, I don't know. Maybe the dolphins just hold on to the ball forever and, you know, have, you know, their offense kind of negate some of the efficient deficiencies that they have defensively. But wow, that I mean, Mike McDaniel's got, he's going to be sick to his stomach for, for doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, saints, Take care of business against Tampa Bay. Uh when it all looked like Tampa Bay would just lock up that NFC South. The Browns and yeah. the Brown that's in Baker Mayfield just escaped out and they blew it. They blew it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, man, wow. that's tough, dude. Tampa, I thought Tampa had this, bro. I'm so disappointed. I don't want to see the Saints, man. I don't want to see the Saints either. Saints
1: play boring football. I don't care. Get Derek Carr off my screen. I don't want to see him wildcard weekend. Like, I'm telling you this. The Saints actually do make it. They do make it into wildcard. They are going to be, book it. Bookmark it right now. They will be the Saturday afternoon game. That's the game the Saints will be. They will be the replacement of the old AFC South that Houston used to have, a home game for four years. It was always the afternoon game there on Saturday. No way they're putting this in prime time if the Saints are in there.
0: Absolutely. So disgusting. 49ers, no surprise at all. They take care of business against the commies. Pretty easy there. Um, CJ Stroud returns, and the Texans, they keep their playoff hopes alive by beating the Tennessee Titans. That will set up a fun showdown for the AFC South this weekend. The Steelers and Mason Rudolph, dude. Holy shit. Watch out now. The Steelers... Hey, all they needed was Mason Rudolph, apparently, uh, because George Pickens looks electric with him. Absolutely electric. Rudolph, 270 y- uh, 274, 274 yards. Uh, the running game got going with Najee and Jalen Warren. Uh, George Pickens had seven catches for over 130 yards. Pittsburgh offense, all of a sudden, last couple weeks, whoop, turned a switch. That's wild. But so what's even crazier is Mike Tomlin's streak continues. 17 straight winning seasons for Mike Tomlin, Pete. Wow. Crazy.
1: Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, watching this game, so weird. Um, I mean, you got to give props to Tomlin. Uh, this team might sneak into the playoffs. If some weird things happen, Buffalo loses, they need like one or two other things, they might sneak in, which is crazy to even think about. Um, but, yeah, got to give props to Mason Rudolph. He's played well. He's played well the last couple weeks. So, yeah. Um, And they got a pretty winnable game this weekend against Baltimore and Baltimore's backups. But you got to think from Baltimore's perspective, it's still rivalry. And they're still probably going to be playing hard just to try to knock them out. But it's going to be tough for motivation there on Baltimore's end.
0: Now, let me tell you another crazy stat about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have not finished last in their division Pete. In thirty-five years. Nineteen eighty-eight. Wow. Last time that happened, my dad wow. told me that. My dad told me that one over the weekend because I was like, "What?" Because I was telling him about the Mike Tomlin streak, and he's like, "Yeah, but what about this one?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Um, and Browns, I, I Browns really and don't Bengals know. Really helped that one. When I don't even know the last time the Steelers missed the playoffs.
1: Wow! Oh, right? it was. Uh... Couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Wasn't? Okay. Okay. was it twenty
0: was it twenty twenty one? Maybe. Maybe when they did like that, they went like eight eight and one or something like that. And they have a tie in there and like saved them? Um
1: Let me look at this. Let me pull this up. Or no, they were second in the division that year.
0: <laughs> oh shit, dude. No, they lost in the wild card.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs. Nine, seven, and one.
0: Wow. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, uh, uh, let's see. Now I'm going to look up playoffs. Wait, were they in the playoffs last year? I don't know.
1: This is really good, uh, podcasting.
0: Yeah. I honestly just, I started thinking about it and, uh, uh, I just wasn't sure. I wasn't 100% sure. Um, like I said, I just just knew the other one. Let's see. Let's Let's take a look here. Pete, uh yeah, they did they did not make the playoffs last year. Okay. 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 All right, okay. we're good. We're good. The streak was like <laughs> way crazier in the two thousands. Never yeah. mind. We're good. We're good. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. I mean Mike Tomlin never finishing below five hundred, haven't finished last in the division in thirty five years. The Steelers team, dude, they just do their thing. They do their thing. As you mentioned, yeah, if the Bills lose, crazy things could happen and the Steelers could still get in. So Yep. Wild. Pretty uh, weird. Pretty gross. Uh the Chiefs beat Cincinnati and I just still don't like what I see. Um Isaiah Pacheco is cool. He looked really good. Uh when he stays healthy, looks really, really good. Rasheed Rice definitely did have a better game here. Um he's starting to like get some get some uh breakaway on some of his routes, which was good. But let's also take into consideration that Cincinnati's not that good. Um but man, I don't know. I still don't like the Chiefs. You're not gonna fool me. You're not gonna fool me. I don't like them. Yeah, who do you have more confidence in, Kansas City or Philly? Probably Kansas City because they have Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah. And also I trust Andy Reid.
0: Well, yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. It's like
1: Sirianni had one good I mean he had one really good year and yeah, I just trust Andy Reid more. Um Yeah, I'm not I don't feel great about this team either, but then it's also like when when Brady played and you are like in the playoffs, do you want to bet against Brady?
0: Yeah, that's That's, always true.
1: That's just, you know, that's just how I feel about this um, with Kansas City, but I mean, they're going to host a game, you know, whether it's, you know, whoever the sixth seed is, um, whatever that looks like here in the AFC, so they will host a home game. Um, I don't feel like that that matters too much because, you know, they've lost some big games here at home against Philly. Uh, They lost to Vegas, obviously, here on Christmas, so um, not so much like a big deal, I think, home or away. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. There's something about the Chiefs team that doesn't seem right, but, again, wild card weekend, depending on the matchup, I'm probably going to pick them to win. So,
0: um, Broncos and Jared Stidham. Get it done against the Chargers. Um, all right. Cool. Those are two teams I don't want to see, you know, they're not very good. Not nope. Not good. Nope. Uh, then we get to Sunday night football with the Packers and the Vikings. And then even though Pete might have been a little nervous, guess what? Jared Hall was starting and I was not. The Packers get it done against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the defense looked better uh, against Jared Hall yep. and against, um, what's his name? Um, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they look good there. Um you know, Jaden Reed and these young guys, they all really had a good game here without Christian Watson. Jordan Love balled out. He looked really good in this game. Um, Jordan Love's been on a hell of a run here ever since I called him out. So you're welcome. That's all it took was for me to say that I don't like what the fuck I see from him. So you are welcome. Uh, but yeah, but he's been great. I i mean, my dad had him on one of our fantasy teams, and he's basically just like between him or Joe Flacco, whoever we play, just been carrying us through here in this playoff run so nice. like, kick ass on that part um but yeah i mean you gotta feel good about this packers team right now um they're gonna have a fun hopefully tough game against the bears this weekend
1: yeah um no i mean this i i had confidence in the offense i thought the offense would do fine uh yeah love did really well in a big game on the road um hostile environment i mean kirk cousins literally having a shirt off pregame. game um you know the vikings doing their stupid skulls like like chant god it's just so stupid to me um it was great um <laughs> uh, just beating beating up on the vikings like i just can't stand the vikings um so it was it was great to see that offensively and defensively like yes joe barry did great he, i mean He had a better game plan. They were way more aggressive. But, of course, they're way more aggressive because it was Jaron Hall. I mean, the guy clearly missed so many open receivers. He's not a very good quarterback. It's going to be a lot bigger of a challenge here this weekend, um, you know, against the Bears and what fields can bring to the table. So it's going to be a lot bigger um, challenge and a lot more of where we can really assess where this Packers defense is Um, because, yeah, it's not been good here the last few weeks. Um, But, yeah, Jordan Love played absolutely phenomenal there um, in that game. Some of the throws he had were insane. Jaden Reed, wow. The kid has been phenomenal this year. Um, And also Bo Melton, coming out of nowhere. Um, yeah. He was on the practice squad for most of the year. Just the activated like two weeks ago against Carolina, and he had a couple really big catches in that game. And then for him to show out in Sunday Night Football, props to him. Also fun fact, that was the first 100-yard receiver from the Green Bay Packers this year. Wow, little crazy, little crazy there. So, yeah, pretty insane. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Love has played great. Um, which honestly, looking back on the season, like if you told me this, like at the end of the year, like Jordan Love would be playing as well as he was at the end of the year, I would already consider it a, a successful season. So, um, if they are able to win on Sunday and make it to the playoffs, like that would be kind of the cherry on top for the season. Um, but. As a Packer fan, you've got to be feeling good that, like, Jordan Love's been playing great. Um, and we'll see what we get out of defense. You know, we'll, get, we'll see what we get out of defense. You know, it's good one week, bad next week. Good one week, bad next week. So, um, hopefully the boys are motivated. Uh, they play, you know, well here this weekend. But it was just great to, like, I going into this game... I told Molly this. I was like, I do not want to have my New Year's Eve make or break based on how this football game goes. I do not want to have this happen, but damn right. It was going to make, make or break my New Year's Eve. I knew that this was what was going to make it, break it. Um, so it was nice that like, they were able to have a big lead. And then when the second half like, I can just relax. I yeah. can just like, just relax here. I don't have to have that hyper tension of like, Oh my God. What the hell is gonna happen? Um, like I feel like the last few weeks have been there for the Packers, but no, Jordan Love balled out. Shout out to him. Um, he played phenomenal there in that game. And uh feels great to beat Minnesota. No matter what it is, like can't stand him.
0: Cannot stand the Vikings. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. It is a good good time to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, all right. Do my bottom five, my top five. My top five. Number one will remain unnamed. You just figure that one out on your own, everybody. Who it's going to be. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers, as they should be. Pretty good. Pretty good football team. Uh, Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it was controversial how it ended, but damn it, they do seem like they might be the second best team in the NFC going into the playoffs. Might be. At number four, the Buffalo Bills. They are. Look at Buffalo. They're riding hot right now. You don't want to play Buffalo right now. You don't. Uh, That is something that uh, they played really, really well. Again, a lot of this has to do with me. Like I'm just not in on Kansas City. I'm not in on Philadelphia. Not in on either of those teams. Detroit losing the two. uh, Dallas knocks them down a little bit. Um, And Miami. If Miami made that a game against Baltimore, um, they would have been up here. But they're not because they. Got blown out, and they lost their defensive end for the year. So, not good. And at number five, it's Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns at number five. There's something special brewing right here in Cleveland right now. That defense, as we mentioned earlier, is very, very good. Joe's just playing good. You know what I mean? He's just doing his thing. As BK calls him, January Joe. He's doing yeah. his thing. And we're about to find out what January Joe's about. Not this week, next week uh, for Cleveland, uh, whomever they play. And again, I think I look at Cleveland kind of how I look at Buffalo, where it's like they're hot at the right time. You just don't want to play those teams, man. You just don't. Those division winners, whoever the division winners are, um, if well, if it's Buffalo, it's fine. But like, I I don't want to play Cleveland. I refuse that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I don't think America wants Cleveland against Buffalo because like both of those are great stories. Yeah. Like nobody, like nobody wants that because then you're gonna have to pick. Like it's gonna be you know weird. Um. But yeah, I mean that's what. It, I mean I I think your I think your top five makes sense. I mean because it's all about like who's hot right now. Because I mean, like, we can clearly say oh well that's a big part that goes to the playoffs. And then of course last year was Philly against Kansas City and it was like all right two one seeds boom you know they're both in. Um. But yeah I mean. It's, it's hard to argue with it. I mean, Buffalo's putting things together. Um, you know, they're a top-five team, and yeah, it's, God, it's so weird. But, I mean, the Browns kind of do make sense. Weird.
0: So, I am pulled this up. I'm going to put it in the notes real quick because we were talking about, like, the playoff clinching scenarios, and I think when we were talking about Pittsburgh, we were, like, really discrediting how, like, more more likely it is that Pittsburgh makes the playoffs. I didn't realize oh, yeah. Pittsburgh had, like, five options to make the playoffs, everybody okay wow three of them three of them rely on pittsburgh winning okay if pittsburgh wins and buffalo loses they're in if pittsburgh wins and jacksonville wins or, or loses or ties they're in if pittsburgh wins and houston indy does tie they're in if they if pittsburgh ties jacksonville loses and houston indy doesn't tie they're in or the one that doesn't involve them at all is Jacksonville loss, a Denver win, and Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie? They have a lot of options. Wow. Well, yeah. Um, Jacksonville, they got to win to clinch the division. Uh, and, or they have to tie, and Houston and Indy have to tie. Uh, Indy to get into the playoffs is, is going is basically they got to win. They got to win. They got to win to get in. Houston kind of in the same boat. Kind of got to win to get in. Um, Buffalo. They clinch the division with a win. But if they lose, oh, well, yeah. So Buffalo clinches the playoff berth with a tie, if they tie the Dolphins. Uh, if Pittsburgh loses their ties, if Jacksonville loses their ties, or if Houston and Indy tie. Whew. Wow. Whew. Now, let's see. I just didn't realize Pittsburgh had so many. That was like my biggest, as I was going through this, I'm like, I wonder like what, what, what kind of options we got here. Now your Packers, Pete, to clinch a playoff berth, they either A, have to win. That's the one option. they got to beat the Bears. They win, they're in. Or a tie plus a Seattle loss or tie and a New Orleans loss or tie. Or a Packers tie, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss. Or a Packer tie, a Seattle tie, and a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Or Minnesota loses their ties, Seattle loses, Tampa loses. Or if Minnesota loses their ties, they need a Seattle loss and a New Orleans loss. So... Seems like you're rooting for Seattle to lose. Yeah, that's why, like,
1: watching that Seattle-Pittsburgh game was weird because, like, I wasn't necessarily cheering for Pittsburgh because, like, at that point I was like, I just hope the Packers don't look embarrassing on Sunday Night Football. But, like, clearly that was a big game. Um, and it's so funny because, like, the NFC, like, at least for the last few wild card spots are almost the same exact scenario as last year where, like, Seattle was right there. The Packers were right there. And then playing the role of the Detroit Lions from last year as the Chicago Bears, where they can knock out the Packers at Lambo, That's basically what it is. Hmm. Weird. To me, to me weird, weird to man. It's all set up.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's going to be kind of weird. Kind of weird. All right, here we go. Uh, my bottom five are the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers, everybody. Their owner even throws drinks at other teams' fans. So... There's that. Yep, not good. Uh, Washington Commanders in at number two is my list of five worst teams in the NFL. At number three, we do have the New England Patriots. I will tell you what, though. Bill Belichick is not tanking gracefully. He is trying. He is busting his ass, so like that. At number four, the Chargers, they're not very good. Once everybody got hurt, it got even worse. Uh, and then the Giants rounded out there as my five worst teams in the the NFL this season we'll see what a story it's been right to see the Bears and the Broncos and others climb out of that you know what I mean it is it
1: is weird yeah. it is weird
0: Yeah. Um. let's get to our weekly picks as of right now we've got Pete in the lead with 58 BK with 57 Nick with 55 David with 52 and I'm at 50 woo climb back Climbing back, everybody.
1: Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's close. It yeah. is close right now.
0: Yeah, uh, let's start with a pick'em game. Houston favored by one versus Indy. Pete, give me Houston. This is gonna be a fun game.
1: I feel like um, NFL did a good job by putting this on Saturday night standalone. Um, but yeah, give me CJ Stroud's back. I'm going with the better quarterback. Uh, no offense to any Minshew mania people out there, but uh, no, give me give me the Texans. This would be a fun story if the Texans are able to be in the playoffs
0: here. Yeah, I'm going to take Houston as well. He said C. Stroud is the better quarterback for me, and that Houston team is very different when he's healthy. So uh, I will go with the Houston Texans. And Will Anderson starting to really pick it up here uh, late in the season as well. Well, yeah, the Jets at the Patriots. Patriots favored by two. Uh, Is it Trevor Simeon again? I think so. Mm. don't feel great about that one. Mm-mm. I
1: saw Simeon play a lot here on Thursday. I didn't really like what I saw out of him. So yeah. give me New England. Give me New England. Honestly, for a few of the reasons you just mentioned um, when you were talking about the Patriots, um, Belichick's got them playing hard. Uh, they're still a really good defense. Um, and Belichick, you know, part of him just like, he, he do not want to lose the Jets. He do not want to yeah. lose the Jets. And also, this is the time of the year where it's like, eh, I feel like they might be thinking about Cabo. Yeah. this I think Jets are already thinking about Cabo. So give me New England at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Rodgers isn't thinking about the Jets. He's thinking about the Bears and Packers and Jimmy Kimmel. So, well, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, so if he's not thinking about them, why are they thinking about the Jets? You know what I mean? Uh, I'm gonna take New England here. You sold me because you said Bill Belichick just doesn't want to lose the Jets. And that feels real. Yeah. That feels real. Um interesting here, like is with the draft and everything, like right now, what New England is pegged as the two correct second pick in the draft right now. Um, um
1: it might be Washington now.
0: Um, based on
1: percentage or no? Hold on, let me take a let me take a gander here. Mm. I think it will either way. I think if both lose on Sunday, it's going to get weird because it's going to be based off like strength of schedule. It's going to look weird um, for who's number two. But either way, I mean, it's they're going to be two or three.
0: It is currently the Bears, New England, Washington, Arizona. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, the only reason I remember that is because the trade scenario I read before we started the show was the Bears flipping to three and Washington moving the note to one That's the uh, That I remember that um, and I would also hope that if the Bears did do that with Washington by the way side note that they get their second round pick back that they gave out for Montez Sweat so <laughs> kind of like we got them for free you know what I mean everybody um, alright let's go thank God they didn't put this in prime time I didn't want it I didn't want this in prime time at all let me just get the late afternoon game instead. Bears at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by three. Pete, I know you're picking the Packers, but how do you feel?
1: Um, well, yeah, I mean, I gotta pick the Packers. Um, right. I am having some bad deja vu voodoo um, of last year against Detroit, um, and how eerily similar this feels. Um, that literally all they have to do is win at home. Um and they're in, so I am very nervous about that. So could I see the Bears coming out of Lambeau Field winning a game? Yeah, I could. I've I've seen this Packers team. They're eight and eight. They're mediocre. That's what they've been. They played really well for one week. Next week they don't play well. So I could easily see that happening. But I also could see them winning. So yeah. and I I gotta go with the Packers here. I gotta I I didn't care if the line was probably like ten. I would still have to go probably Packers. They got to have to do it. So, um, yeah, give me the Packers in this game.
0: I have to take the Bears. Now, Pete, I have to. Uh, one, obviously, I'm a Bears fan. I'm going to pick them to beat the Packers. Two, yeah. do you know that this will decide whether we were correct or right? Or I was right or you were right about the Bears over under start the season? Because it was at seven wow. and a half. Remember that. You already got the Packer one right. Because remember, the Packers are also at seven and a half. So you got that one. You <laughs> nailed that. But, oh, I nailed that with the over? Yeah, you took you're the only one that took the over. Me and David god. took the under. Yeah. Oh
1: hell yeah. No. Well okay, what's kinda sad though, oh my god, I think I might have cursed it because I think my prediction literally was eight and nine. I think I think I had the Packers record at eight and nine. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah,
0: I know. Kind of crazy, dude. Uh, We're gonna find out. But I, yeah, I'm gonna take the Bears here. I will say for Bears fans, uh in general and Packers fans. I do think that both these teams are very different than when they met in week one. Um, One, I do think Jordan Love has looked better. That's true. Even though he looked good against the Bears, I do think he looks a little more comfortable now. But I think this Bears defense is a lot better and Justin Fields looks a lot better. That's interesting. Uh, As a Bears fan and as somebody that has listened to Pete complain about Joe Barry's defense for the last month and a half, it feels like, almost on repeat, uh, I feel pretty solid about that. I'm interested to see what Luke Getzi comes up with against this Joe Barry defense. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bears here, uh, plus three. Um, but I'm really just hoping for a dub. So hoping for a dub for the Bears here to end on a positive note. And if the Bears and Packers both finish at 8-9, well, shit, I think we were both kind of right because we said they are going to be right next to each other. So <laughs> yeah. we would be right. So, hey, that's cool. Um, battle for the South, kind of. Jacksonville minus five versus Tennessee, Pete.
1: Give me Jacksonville, even though, I don't know, did you see Brabel's comments, um, like, in his press conference this week? Um, like, when he's like, yeah, it just sucks to lose. Like, I I, I kind of love that. I kind of love that from Vrabel's perspective. But I also just saw Tennessee the way they just played this past weekend. Um, give me Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville in this game. they got to be more motivated to try to win this game. But could I see the Jags losing this? Yeah, but... Give me the Jags. I don't feel great
0: about it, though. Um, I'm super interested in how healthy Trevor Lawrence is going into this. Um, I'm going to go Jacksonville, but I kind of, you know, again, I could see them losing this one. I definitely could. I'm, I'm almost curious. Is five points too many. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel good, but I'll take Jacksonville. Then we got Buffalo at Miami. Buffalo favored by three, Pete.
1: Well, I mean, I gotta pick Buffalo, right? I mean, I I gotta pick Buffalo in this game because I think Buffalo is a scary team, and I think you do as well. I mean, they're in your top five, so um, yeah. Give me the give me the Bills, and yes, I feel like the pass rushers being Al Phillips and Chubb are gonna be massive, and also to be a big James Cook game, and also, well, you know what, James Cook, or you know what, screw it, it might be a Stephon Diggs game because. The Bills, if they're smart, if they'll move Diggs around and they'll put Diggs in the slot because then Jalen Ramsey is not going to be that shadow and they can have some explosives um, in the slot here against against the Dolphins. So, yeah, give me the Bills here. Um, But, yeah, this should be a really good game. Really good game here.
0: Yeah, great point. They are in my top five, so I have to take the Bills here. Also, give me a Gabe Davis touchdown this weekend. Give me that. Wow, give me a gabe davis touchdown let's do it um but yeah i'm taking buffalo here again they just they are the hot team even though some of these wins these last couple weeks have looked a little weird where like barely beat the patriots they barely beat the chargers um the final way is the win man and i buffalo right now when you come back being down five and five and you come all the way back with a chance to do it i just feel like they're gonna finish this off and josh allen has really played well Really played well down the stretch. Um, hats off to him, what they've been able to do. But, yeah, feed James Cook the ball. Go right ahead. Do that. Bonus pick, Pete. Who you got?
1: Give me Tampa, minus four and a half, on the road at Carolina. Carolina stinks. We've already talked about how bad they are. Um, Tampa's got a lot of play for. Um, I think it's a win and end scenario um, uh, for them. Uh, to win the South. I believe that's what it is. Um,
0: and I'm not 100% on that. I probably should have had that. Um, I'm looking right now because I was right like, now. oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I put that in the notes. Let's see. Um, um, that's Green Bay. That's New Orleans. That's Seattle. Tampa Bay. They win, and they win the division. They're in.
1: There we go. Um, yeah, winning in. Also, got to think about incentives um, here for this weekend, for especially for sports betting. Um, They're for any props. Uh, Baker Mayfield has in his contract, if they make the playoffs, he gets an extra million dollars. So Baker's going to be pretty motivated this week. So give me Tampa Bay.
0: All right. Give me Arizona plus two and a half against Seattle um i like arizona and how they've been playing um once they beat the eagles i knew they didn't really give a shit about their draft position anymore um so i think hey seattle's struggling they you know they just lost to pittsburgh i don't know arizona's kind of spunky everybody give me arizona plus two and a half against seattle this weekend also because then at least a seattle loss might make pete feel a little bit better no matter what happens the bears and packers
1: yeah, it might, but either way, I don't know. It would feel dirty to make it in. It would,
0: wouldn't it? Right it? Yeah, it would feel kind of dirty. Um, yeah. Anything else, Pete, before we wrap this up? No? All right, everybody, no. this is it. We're heading into the final week of the NFL season. It's sad, I know, we're getting there. Regular season, at least. Uh, hope everybody had a happy New Year's, and as always, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at Pod. Hit the follow button on all of those. Listen on podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search Amalgamation Nation. Hit the share button on that. Uh, listen, follow, like, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Twitch.tv slash is where you find David. You give him a follow and a sub. Make sure if you have Amazon Prime, you do get a free Twitch game in sell a month, so give it to Undead Black Bull. And, of course, the Epic Games content creator code is AMNationPod, so when you're on Fortnite and all that cool stuff, use that code. Help support the show at no extra cost to you. Until next time, everybody, enjoy week 18, and you stay breezy.